Hi, welcome to Blessed Radio, Building Faith Through Practical Life Application. Today's lesson is Transformative Power. It will be coming from Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 14. Before we begin, I'd like to do a little background. Our lesson will be broken into four sections, introduction and background, breaking the strongholds, coming out of dead situations, and living a life. I want to just lay out some key principles that will set a foundation for overcoming challenging circumstances in our lives. It's not meant to be followed with a legalistic mindset, but rather with a fluidity, knowing that God is working as we seek to follow his word as a set pattern of behavior. There are areas in everybody's life where we haven't seen change. There are places that are dry and we haven't seen a lot of progress. And it can be very frustrating. We can find ourselves feeling stuck and hopeless and it just seems insurmountable. When we're in the midst of all of it, all we feel is pain. It's a hardness that can often leave us feeling like we have failed somehow or not lived up to our potential. Yet, God wants us to know that we must not lose sight of the fact that he's God and he's not done yet. We may feel stuck or think that this is all there is, but God determines when he's done. So during this time, I want to encourage you, it is so important to keep in mind that it's not always an issue of us failing or falling short, but a matter of us staying the course. Staying the course is basically not quitting, refusing to give up. Even if you take baby steps, you take a step. Even if you have to stand still at times, you stand still, but you do anything but fall back. And if you happen to fall back, you get back up. It will require continual patience on our part because God's timing isn't our timing, but I assure you, you will see progress. I want to share um, a little bit about my background because every time that I share with you all, I want to share my life because my life is the basis for the lessons. I literally study these things out as I go throughout life and I'm just sharing with you my quiet times. My biggest um, stumbling block, my biggest hurdle, my biggest dry area a lot of the times is just dealing with the fear of failure. It is such a big issue for me and I just needed to address it because sometimes it keeps me from trying or it makes me be slow to respond when there is an opportunity set before me. It keeps coming into my mind that I really need to address things like this because I want people to understand that in order to properly deal with something, you have to get to the root of it. And for me, that root is fear. Um, I hesitate. I fear disappointment. And the scriptures that I have leaned in on so much during this time is 2 Timothy 1 and 7 and Philippians 3, 13. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I literally break this thing down. And I just happen to 
remind myself, hey, no, fear didn't come from God, so you can reject it. Fear did not come from God, so you can reject it. Yes, I repeat it to myself because I need to hear it sometimes over and over again, just so I can just say, you know what? I don't have to receive this. This isn't something that I have to just be because, well, you are afraid. So I can say, nope, I choose not to be as afraid right now. And Lord, help me to move forward. Um, Then I tell myself, God gave me a spirit of power, meaning I have power over my life and of love. If love drives out fear. So, hey, you know what? God, how can I think about something positive that I can cling on to and love about this situation, opportunity, or whatever is laid before me? And a sound mind, meaning it helps, God helps me not to worry. It's not that worry doesn't come up or that we don't get um, tempted by it or that concerns don't bother us. It's just that we don't live in that space. You always fight to move forward, get out of the space that isn't healthy for you. Uh, Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. For me, my history of negative experience can be a ball and chain because, well, this is how it worked out last time. And, well, this is what it probably is going to be like. And sometimes I can talk myself out of opportunities, out of situations before I ever get into them fully because I'm trying to anticipate all the negative outcomes and trying to protect myself from them. And God is like, no, sweetheart, you have to let go of that and treat every situation as brand new. And even though it's similar, it's still different. And God is giving me a opportunity to handle it different and have a different outcome so these two scriptures are so vital and for you all that are listening it is very important that when you study out something about your character or about any topic you get a scripture at least one even if you don't memorize where it's located in the bible like the chapter and the verse number Remember what it says, because you don't have to quote it verbatim. You just have to remember what it says, the heart of it, the meat of it. What was it talking about and how can you apply it to yourself? Because that is what's going to fight back all that negative behavior that you are accustomed to falling into. As I said, I am really wanting to share with you guys, not just the scripture, not just um, principles that are well generalized and good, but these are things that I myself am applying to my life. So I just truly wanted to invite you to uh, share in and learn what God is teaching me. I want you to also understand that it's a day by day process. Like for me to shift my thinking and my attitude and my actions, it wasn't comfortable. I was resistant, even though I desired to change. Why? Because, well, when you've done something for so long, 
you get comfortable doing it, even if it's bad. The biggest hindrance for me is emotional strongholds. Um, I truly can remember the hurt and the disappointment and the letdown. And so, like I said, the fear of another disappointment, the uncertainty of how I would handle or respond to another poor outcome, they held me hostage. Uh, This is a seemingly small issue, but it has such a great impact on me. It showed up subtly in a hesitancy to move forward. It was hard for me to get motivated. I had to continually pray and talk things out with my two best friends. It's also important, like I said, to have uh, people in your life that you can talk to at least one outside of God. Um, Because you need a human person that you can see, touch, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Because somebody that you can trust, that you can be completely transparent and vulnerable with. You know, you won't find very many people like that in your life. Um that you can just be your true self with. Um, But if you can have at least one person like that in your life, it will also help to balance you out. Be open and honest with them about where you're at. But more importantly, be open and honest with yourself and with God about where you're at. Because God already knows. He just wants you to be able to express it to him. And you need to be able to express it to yourself because it helps you to let go of the facade that you've had up for protection. Um, it also um, will allow you to come to a place of realizing that, wait a minute, I don't have to live like this. And then you can begin to celebrate every single little victory, no matter how small, take time and acknowledge it. It's like when I am doing anything that's scary to me, anything that I would have naturally thought, ooh, I can't do this or no, I literally, when I do it and I, I even if I do it afraid, because you can't do stuff afraid, you don't have to be like, oh my God, so confident. Nope, sometimes the, the biggest hurdle is just to do the thing. And so I literally celebrate, even if it's just a little happy dance by myself, but I usually share it with my friends or my family members. Um... A little progress is better than none, and standing still is better than falling back. But in any case, even if you fall back, you can always get back up. For me, I realized that my old way of thinking wanted to dominate, but I had to introduce myself to a new way of thinking. Of course, my old way of thinking and my new way of thinking were bumping heads, but that's okay. It's a new process. You're you're programmed so much to do what you used to do. And what has helped me so much, again, like I said, is having scriptural references and just listening for God to tell me how to use those uh, scriptures in practical ways. Um, I call them God thoughts. It's like he will... Remind me that everything I put in you, I put in you for a reason. So that was something he told me a a few years ago when I asked him, well, God, why'd you make me the way you made me? I feel like I'm just kind of different from a lot of people. And he was like, everything I put in you, I put in you for a reason. And I was like, okay, God. And from then on out, when I'm tempted to feel bad about the way I am or to allow somebody else's impression of me to make me feel bad, 
I literally go back to that thought. And it's important that when God gives you little thoughts that build you up and that um, change and shift your thinking, that you write them down. Whether you text them to yourself, you write them on a little piece of paper. Um, you just keep note of them because you're going to need to reference back to them when you go into a bad head space or have a bad day um, and fall back into bad or, you know, old behaviors. Because I won't say necessarily they're bad inherently. It's just that they're bad for us. Uh, you have to also know yourself. It is super important that you take time to learn yourself. Your patterns of behavior, your triggers. I've noticed that my thoughts, especially when they're negative, dictate my behavior. It's almost like a chain reaction. I have an experience that I perceive as negative. The negative thought creeps in and I have a negative response. I'm now realizing I have to disrupt that pattern. I have three points at which I can disrupt the pattern. I can disrupt it at the perception when I start to perceive something. Wait a minute. Is that the only way that you can look at this situation? Oh, okay. You're choosing to look at it from a negative point of view. Can we try to find a positive point of view or at least a neutral point of view? Then, okay, if the perception came in, okay, the thought. Okay, can we shut that thought out and say, you know what? Yeah, I let you develop, but I don't have to continually listen to you and stew on you and allow you to play in my head forever and ever. Okay, so that didn't work. So now you go to the response. Okay, yep, you've been playing in my head, negative thought, but that does not mean I have to quit or I have to feel bad about myself. I can actually say, you know what? That was a negative thought. It was a bad perception. I could be reading this completely wrong. Let me just go and, you know, not let this get to me so much. And even if I failed at all three, I can and have a chance to do it over. Because if I learn from that situation and say, oh, well, yeah, you know what? I should have stopped it at here, here, here or here. But I didn't. But what can I do next time? And replay it in your mind until you come up with a scenario where you can overcome. And if you practice overcoming mentally before you get in situations, guess what? The likelihood of you overcoming when you're actually in them will be much greater. So we can always learn from our mistakes. Like I said, this lesson we'll be talking about Ezekiel um, 37 verses 1 through 14 and the topics that we we're going to cover um, after this is breaking the stronghold, coming out of dead situations and living again. I look forward to uh, sharing more with you about this and please tune in. It's going to be an exciting time because this is me sharing from my heart to you and let me know what you think. Hi and welcome to Blastic Radio Building Faith Through Practical Life Application. We will continue our lesson in Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 14. This section is entitled Breaking Strongholds. Verse 1, Ezekiel 37 verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones.
The thing that stood out to me about this scripture was the hand of God. So this subsection is called the hand of God. God's hand was upon Ezekiel. He, God, was present and active in the situation. In fact, the scripture says the spirit of the Lord carried him. I know for me, um, it's very uh, special when God carries me. I know we've all heard about the footprint um, poem where the man says, well, I thought you would never leave me, Lord. But I see a point in my life when I was at the lowest places. I only see one set of footprints and the Lord tells him, yeah, that's because I was carrying you. And at times in our life, we truly do need to be carried. But in this case, the Lord carried him in a vision to a valley of dry bones. And in this situation, it seems like things are not going to come together. And for us, it may not be a literal valley of dry bones, but sometimes our life looks like things just will not come together. And it's easy to think that God isn't present or if he is, he's a bystander. He's just kind of watching on the sidelines. Yet we see that God played a very active role in this circumstance. God carried, moved Ezekiel back to a dark place in history of the Israelites. Could he be doing the same thing with us? See, sometimes God allows us to go back to places or be in, you know, places that aren't pleasant. Not just so that we can go through the hardship, but because there's a lesson to be learned or there's some growing that could take place. And this is the best place for it to happen. Could God himself be taking us to a dark place in life? Could it be intentional exposing us to seemingly impossible situations? I can remember when my mother was uh, first in the hospital after having had bypass surgery and they wanted to keep taking the ventilator away because they were thinking, okay, she should be up in Adam by now. And I'm looking like, no, she shouldn't. She has lupus. Um, She does not respond the same way as everyone else does. And one day that I wasn't there at the hospital, my sister called me to say, hey, they want to know if they can put a trach in because, you know, they don't think she's going to ever breathe on her own again. And I remember taking the call, being in my living room, and I only had a few moments. So I prayed because I was like, I don't want to make a rash decision one way or the other. And I was like, God, what do I do? And he says to me, he says, why don't you tell her to ask my mom's doctors? 
And if they agree to it, then only then would we agree to it because we know that our mother does not want that process. God allowed for both of her doctors to come in within an hour and both said, no, she does not need to have that happen. Later on that day, she ended up being moved to a, a different hospital um, that could allow her the long-term care that she needed in order to progressively wane her from uh, having to be on a breathing machine. And that seemingly impossible situation, normally, <laughs> I would have been highly emotional and been so stubborn and quick to think, well, what does she want or what do I want in this situation? But instead, I trusted and I said, okay, God, I'm going to lean in on you, regardless of the fact that your choice for my life in this point, in her life in that point, may not be what I want. Because everything said, oh, my gosh, they're going to do this thing, whether we like it or not. But I just said, okay, God, this is what I'm going to do because this is what you gave me. And that's a small scenario, but it was a very big scenario for me. And we go throughout processes throughout our day that seem, things don't seem like they're going to work out. Other times it's just long-term stuff. Like for me, I'm an older single. Yeah, I had hoped to be married by now. I had hoped to have children by now. Most of my friends have children that are in high school, middle school, and a few have even have kids that have graduated and those are just the ones that had their children in their late 20s, early 30s. So for me, a more relevant situation even for me that is still ongoing is trusting God with, hey, is it your desire for me to have a relationship that is in the form of a marriage? You know, and I still have hope and I still believe God for it. But at the same time, I also leave the door open and God, if this is not your will, then please make it clear sooner rather than later so that I can just begin the process of accepting and moving forward regardless, because it's kind of, you know, it's a it's an odd place to be. But I'm taking it day by day and trusting, you know what? As much as I don't understand it and as much as I don't like it and as much as I would rather my situation be different. God has a plan for my life and that plan is to prosper me. So whether married or single, I will still have a great life because his plan is always to prosper me. So, again, the hand of God is at work. Even in the tough times, even in the challenging times, even in the things that we don't understand or like. When we find ourselves in these situations, it's easy to think, is it the enemy? We've done something wrong or failed to do something. I've been there so many times. We don't not usually consider it could be the hand of God at work in our lives. We do not often consider that he may be positioning us for his purposes. All things work for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. Romans eight twenty eight, 
in many cases, if we had known, we had, we, if we had known we had a choice, we would not have chosen for things to turn out like this. We, we wouldn't have chosen this difficult choice for our lives. But God knows what's best. And that's something that I have to continually rehearse. God knows what's best for me. He created me. He knows where I need what and when and how. He knows. And I'm trusting in his knowledge rather than my own. When God places us in those situations for his purposes, there's a difference than when we place ourselves in situations that are outside of God's will. When God places us in a difficult situation, it serves a godly purpose. When we place ourselves in a difficult situation, sometimes there's just going to be some consequences. But when God places us, it's for divine purpose. His positioning is so that he can use us to bring him glory and for our good. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, And he humbled us and suffered us to hunger and fed us with manna, which we did not know, neither did our fathers know, that we might know him. That man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. I know most of us can relate to uh, or know about the Israelites going through the desert for 40 years and that God gave them manna to eat and they ate the manna day by day and on, you know, so forth, the the sixth day he gave them double portions so they didn't go out and have to heart, uh, pick up manna the seventh day but some people still went on the seventh day because they were afraid that if I don't go pick something up I'll go hungry and God wouldn't allow them to because he was like look I told you not to because I want you to rely on me Sometimes difficult situations happen just so we can learn to rely on him and trust his provision, trust his care, his current concern, his love, his compassion, and even just to understand his capacity to help, his capacity to be there for us, how big he is, so we can know just how big he is. It's like a little kid when they get into a whole lot of trouble and daddy is able to rescue them, they see daddy is really big. But, you know, if it's just little small things that daddy is able to get them out of, they see daddy is cool. But when daddy saves them out of something really big or big, really scary, they're like, oh, my daddy's like awesome. So that's the same way God wants us to feel about him um, and to know that even in big situations. He is able to rescue, save and provide. Verse two, a deeper look and God caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in an open valley and lo, they were very dry. 
God calls Ezekiel to survey the situation. His evaluation was that there was a whole lot in quantity of bones and that the bones were very dry. That's the quality and condition of the bones. Very dry bones are basically fragile. They break at the point of touching. Um, They were in the last state right before deterioration. Have you ever been there? I mean, I have. I can honestly say there have been times where I just felt like, oh, my gosh, I was so close to giving up. I was so close to just going numb because, see, there's a give up that's outward that everybody sees. And then there's a give up on the inside that's internal that just stops caring or makes yourself not care anymore because it's easier to not care than it is to care and be disappointed. And that was where I can easily fall into if I'm not careful. Uh, When you are there, you know it. This is where God can allow you to go before he comes in and shows us that no one excuse me, and shows us that he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever hope for and imagine. It's like Daniel in the lion's den or um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Um, Situations like Sarah getting pregnant at 90. (laughs) Um, All of those situations were like basically pretty much dead situations by our human perspective. But God allowed them to get into those situations. But even as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if he chooses not to save me, it's not that he couldn't. And... This is the thing. God wants us to understand that he is sovereign. He is so in control. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. But he is always in control. And he's always aware. Um, Most recently, um, two of my God thoughts. Because I was asking God, how do I handle some situations that I felt like, man, this is so unfair. And God had to remind me. He said, I see I'm aware and I am able. I can handle this. And it was so simple. It wasn't major, big, super deep religious. It was just so simple. And I just keep telling myself when I come face to face with situations that seem so unfair, I'm like, okay, God sees and God is able. And in this case, Ezekiel was asked to take a look, a close look at the situation. Examine, see how bad it looks? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure his overall vantage point was, okay, these are dry bones. You you brought me to basically a graveyard, but people ain't buried. And... But God was like, look, I I want you to survey the situation. Understand 
what your situation really look like. And I think for most of us, we really do know what our situation looks like. We can tell you the ins and outs of why it's not fair, why we don't like it, how we think it ought to been, why it didn't happen this way, X, Y, Z. And God's like, okay, mm-hmm. I want you to look. I want you to understand. I want you to see. Um, but the next thing he does is he says, verse three, and he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord, God, you know. The Lord wants at many cases to introduce us to the possibility of the seemingly impossible. Just like I said earlier, Daniel in the lion's den seemed impossible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace seemed impossible. A 90-year-old lady having a baby and a hundred with her 120-year-old husband uh, definitely seems impossible. But yet God said, okay. Uh, might be wrong about that age. So, but he was old. He was good. At, he was up there. He was older than she was. Um, but God wants us to understand. We don't always know how to respond when faced with circumstances that seem impossible. Ezekiel, however, did not just basically go on a tirade, tirade and complain and get emotional. He just said, Lord, only you know. Kind of like when our grandmas and all them aunties and older folks used to say, the Lord knows. Only the Lord knows. And Literally, he was like, look, I know you, God, so I'm just going to let you know that I know that you, God, and tell you only you could possibly know if this situation could be turned around. Now, from our human perspective, I'm sure he probably felt a lot like we do. Like, why are you going to ask me something like that? That seems impossible. Uh. He could only say that the Lord knows, although we may not be at a place where we can speak positively about a matter, we must decide to speak or decide not to speak negatively. When I say it means that we should not rehearse all the negative feelings we're having regarding the situation. It's okay to express feelings that are not positive, but don't stay in that place. Vent and move on and move forward. Moving forward may not be crystal clear, but we usually can tell when we are stuck in a negative headspace. Fight not to allow yourself to remain in that unhealthy space. In all honesty, we cannot always wrap our minds around what God can do. It's easy to say God can do all things, but whether we truly believe this is not tested until we're faced with the actual seemingly impossible event in our lives. During these times, we will need to rely even more heavily on the word of God. Even though man is 
with man is impossible. God says all things are possible with him. Matthew 19, 26. He also says with him, nothing shall be impossible. Luke 1 and 37. This is a big one to truly grasp, especially when you're faced with a reality that we can see. To tell me that God can handle this situation that seems impossible, but I'm looking at it. Yeah, it is a lot to swallow. It's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to digest. And it's not an easy task. It's a process. God is asking us to forego our human intellect of how it can all come together and trust that he being God is able to work it all out. That does not mean we don't use wisdom. It does not mean that we don't follow um, advice of people that have wisdom and insight and counsel us um, that, you know, are looking out for our good. It's just that we use God wisdom. We use insight that he gives us as well. We combine all of that to get the best possible outcome. It's a case of reality versus rationale. Reality and say it again. Reality and rationale versus the promises of God. We must lay out all the facts of our case and see how it stands up against the promise of God. It is only then that we will come to a clear verdict that can be upheld in our heart and mind. We must work through it. This is the only way we will build a godly conviction. Belief is so important. God knows what we really believe in our hearts of hearts. If we are not there, don't try to pretend or fake it. Be honest with yourself and with God and ask him to increase your faith. No matter how old we get as Christians, there will always be things in our life that challenge our faith. A simple thing for one person to believe may be a difficult thing for another. I confront this in my life by letting God know that I'm not there yet, but as an act of faith, I present my request regarding such and such. The possibility of seemingly impossible can be the thing that keeps you when discouragement tries to set in or you're tempted with quitting. It helps keep you. I know for me, it's again, like I said, the seemingly impossible. Sometimes just the hope of what could be will help you to hold on Um, because as long as God is God, there is always a hope bigger than what we could have imagined. Verse three, I am beyond this point. Not because I'm so spiritual, but because I prayed and sought God and God answered. I heard from God because I was willing to get in his presence. I'm still in the midst of the process. It may be it may last a lifetime, but change is in. But change is a must. I've gotten to a. I've gotten past the place of questioning if it can be done. I'm certain I'm learning how to navigate, how to walk in it. Sometimes we ask God, why is this taking so long to manifest? I can only speculate. Maybe God wants us to appreciate what he has done or what he is doing at a greater level.